0: Welcome to the Listener's Commentary on the New Testament. Your guide is pastor and theologian Dr. John Whitaker, and the heart behind these studies is to help you better understand the text of Scripture so you can more fully live it out. It's all about helping you learn and live the Bible. Here is the book of Jude. All right, welcome to the Listener's Commentary on the book of Jude. Before we get going and jump into the content, I just want to say thank you to those of you who generously support this ministry and support the listeners' commentary on the New Testament. Also, I want to remind you, don't forget about the Study Hub. If you want more than the audio, uh, you want to dig in and uh, study these books with charts and pictures and background articles and special studies, check out the Study Hub. All right, we are going to explore the short little book of Jude, traditionally in Uh, print commentaries, 1st, 2nd Peter, and Jude go together. The reason for that is because of the significant overlap of content between 2nd Peter 2 and the book of Jude. Nevertheless, the book of Jude is not that well-known. It's one of those small little books in the New Testament that just doesn't get a whole lot of airtime. In fact, a lot of Christians don't even really know about it. It's not like, you know, book of Jude. Oh, there's a book of Jude in the New Testament. And so it's only one chapter, one page, uh, and it doesn't get a whole lot of attention. And so this will be fun to just kind of walk down through it and make sure we understand what Jude is actually talking about. What we'll do in this recording is look at the first few verses of Jude as a way of exploring the backstory to the book of Jude as well, so we can understand, at least to the best of our ability, the setting and the purpose of this short little letter of Jude. And it's written by Jude, the brother of Jesus doesn't name himself that way here, but based on what he does say about himself, we know that this is one of Jesus' brothers. Here's how Jude describes himself at the opening of the letter. Remember, uh, Greco-Roman letters, letters from the time period of the New Testament, began with the sender, then the recipients, and then a statement of greeting. So, the sender in this case is Jude, and he describes himself as Jude, a bondservant of Jesus Christ and brother of James. It's that last phrase that tips us off that this is one of Jesus' brothers. He identifies himself as the brother of James. That is James of Acts 15, James of the book of James. Both were brothers of Jesus. The other thing that's interesting here is English translations translate his name as Jude, but literally it's Judas but usually shortened to avoid any confusion in the New Testament with Judas Iscariot. And so this is Jesus' brother, Judas, or better known to us as Jude. And he describes himself as a bondservant of Jesus. Uh, The word bondservant, literally doulos in Greek is slave. It's a general word for a servant or a slave of a variety of kind. And it speaks really to a low social status when it's used literally. In this case, he's described as a slave of Jesus Christ, a slave of Jesus the Messiah. He's his servant, and he is uh, bound to him and obligated to do what Jesus commands him or calls him to do. Now, we know very little about Jude as a person. He's only mentioned in the New Testament along with his brothers, and not much is said about him in the writings of the early church after the New Testament. So, we just really don't have tons of data on him. But here's what strikes me out of the way he describes himself at the outset of this letter. And his self-description speaks to me of humility. He, he describes himself as a slave of Jesus not Jesus' brother, not I grew up playing with Jesus in the streets of Nazareth, so I really know him. Not none of that. He is arranged under Jesus, the Messiah, that is Jesus the King, as his servant, as his slave. That speaks of humility. Not only that, he is willing to acknowledge that he is the brother of James. That is, he's willing to play second fiddle to his more well-known brother who had a prominent position in the Jerusalem church and really a prominent position of leadership in the whole early church. And so, both these ways of describing himself uh, seems to me to speak of Jude's humility. Now, who did Jude write to? Well, presumably... It was to Christians that he knew and who knew him and he had some sort of oversight of. But he describes his audience in this intro and greeting in very general terms. This is what he says. He says, to those who are called, beloved in God the Father, and kept for Jesus Christ. That's the audience. That's the recipients of the letter. Those who are called, beloved, and kept Those three words are just so important for us to pay attention to. They speak of significance. They speak of uh, status, relational status. In this case, they are called. That means they're called out of the world. They're called to God the Father. They belong to Him. They're God's chosen peoples, the idea of that. Notice they are beloved in God the Father, and that speaks of God's Deep love for them, like you are God's beloved, this, these people that he's writing to, and kept for Jesus Christ, reserved. They belong to Jesus. So though we don't have any indication of the details, uh, Jude's description of his audience really speaks of their significance and their status as Jesus's people, loved by God, chosen people of God. That's who this is written to. And we don't know where they live. We don't know anything about them other than this generic description. And then we get the greetings in verse 2. May mercy, peace, and love be multiplied to you. So that starts the backstory. This is a letter from the brother of Jesus named Jude to a group of Christians uh, that are part of God's family and are loved by him and belong to him. What we will see in verses 3 and 4 is that Jude has a sort of a, some sort of a relationship with them where he feels a responsibility to them. Not only that, verse 17 of this letter indicates that they in some way were taught by the apostles. So this audience of people that Jude is writing to are Christians who have been Christians for a while now, were taught by the apostles, and Jude in some sense is their overseer. In verses 3 and 4, Jude states what motivates him to write the letter and states the purpose of the letter. Let me read verses 3 and 4, and then we'll hit just some of the details that help flesh out the backstory to the letter. Verses 3 and 4 say, Beloved, while I was making every effort to write you about our common salvation, I felt the necessity to write to you appealing that you contend earnestly for the faith that was once for all handed down to the saints. For certain people have crept in unnoticed, those who were long beforehand marked out for condemnation, ungodly persons who turn the grace of our God into indecent behavior and deny our only Master and Lord, Jesus Christ. So this statement is really like a purpose statement for the letter. It tells us what motivated the letter and really why Jude is writing. In reading New Testament letters, whether short letters like this or big letters like Romans, we have to remember that we're only listening to one side of the conversation. Sort of like sitting in a room with a friend who gets a phone call and they're on the phone and you know what happens when you're there. You're trying to figure out who it is that's called, what's going on in the situation, why they called and all that well, that's sort of what happens when we read the New Testament letters. We're trying to piece together what's going on on the other side of the letter based on what we were hearing on the side of the letter we have, which is this, right? And so we're listening to Jude say these words and something motivated. What seems to be going on with the Christians that Jude is writing to that motivates this letter? Well, It sounds like Jude was preparing to write them a different letter, a letter, he says, about our common salvation, that maybe he was going to write a more generic letter about the nature of uh, faith and salvation and following Jesus. But when planning to do that, somewhere along the lines... Jude got word that there was some trouble among these Christians that he's writing to. Trouble that motivated him to maybe shift the focus of what he's originally going to write. And so he says in verse 3, I felt the necessity to write to you appealing that you contend earnestly for the faith. And so Jude now is writing a letter where he's really appealing to them to stand firm and to defend the faith, to protect the faith. From what? Well, he says, certain people have crept in unnoticed, uh, people who turn the grace of our God into indecent behavior and deny um, the Lord Jesus Christ. So we don't know all the details, but just from listening to this side of the conversation, we can get a pretty good idea of what motivated Jude to write. There have been some people that have come in among either this church or these group of churches that Jude is writing to. It says they've crept in unnoticed. In other words, they snuck in, kind of sneaky-like, right? And they came into the church with ulterior motives, with sort of a subversive agenda that came into the church, and they initially weren't noticed. Um, But then as they kind of weaseled their way in and made relationships, they began disseminating, passing on some teaching that was actually contrary to the truth of Jesus. What was that teaching? Well, Jude describes it as they turn the grace of God into indecent behavior. Indecent behavior, older translations translate as licentiousness. The word means sensuality, living for yourself, feeding your five senses, oftentimes in terms of, particularly of sexual behavior, but it's much broader than just that. It's basically living for whatever feels good. And in so doing, uh, they deny Jesus who who died for them, that they themselves might also die to sin. And so uh, this is what motivates Jude to, to write. And so when he says, I'm appealing that you contend earnestly for the faith that was once for all delivered, he doesn't mean for, because there's intellectual arguments against the faith. What he means here is their moral and behavioral arguments against the faith or behavioral ideas that are Uh, subverting people's faith and living faithfully to the Lord Jesus Christ. Jude writes to them, calling them to stand firm in their faithfulness and their loyalty to Jesus by not buying into these ideas that say, you can live however you want. You uh, You can feed your five senses however you want. You can do whatever you want. It doesn't matter because grace... Grace means you're free uh, to sin all you want and live however you want. Jude is like, no, you got to stand firm against that false idea. As we reflect on this backstory, one of the things that we just don't know is exactly when Jude was writing. But since Jude and Second Peter do have similar themes and similar ideas, it's possible that Jude wrote to his church or his church friends around the same time Peter wrote his second letter which would put it in the mid 60s at some point in time now let me say as we think about this that personally i think scholars too quickly assume that second peter and jude copied from each other uh, when you put jude and second peter chapter 2 side by side in fact i'll put a document like that in the study hub so you can see this but when we put Jude and 2 Peter chapter 2 side by side, it's obvious that there are some somat- thematic similarities, but they're not identical. Um, there, There's some similar themes, some similar phrases, but it's not like there's out-and-out out plagiarism, out-and-out out copying from each other. And so that means there's plenty of other ways to explain those similarities besides just like... Jude saw 2 Peter too, and like, oh, that's great, and just copied it word for word, or vice versa. Uh, Peter saw Jude, and was like, that's awesome. I'm going to stick that in my letter. There's plenty of other ways to explain it besides that. Jude could have read 2 Peter, wanted to share similar ideas with his friends, and uh, didn't copy, just kind of you know, recounted some similar themes and some similar ideas to his people because like, my people are struggling with that same issue, Peter. I'm gonna I'm gonna borrow that, and he doesn't word for word copy it. He just uh, passes on some similar ideas. Or Jude and Peter, who were friends, they knew each other, they were both part of the first church in Jerusalem together way back from the beginning. Maybe, They had taught this material together before. Maybe Jude had heard Peter teach it um, way back at the beginning, at the beginning of the church or whatever, right? Like, There's plenty of other ways that they they have this similar overlap because it's not word for word. And so uh, I just think scholars too quickly assume that Peter copied from Jude or Jude copied from Peter. Uh, Usually, most scholars just assume that Peter borrowed from Jude and the rationale is primarily because Jude is shorter and the general assumption is, well, the shorter text probably came first and then somebody amplified it from there. Uh, that's just an assumption. Uh, we don't know that that's the case, right? It's just as likely that Jude borrowed from Peter. In fact, um, there's a passage in Second Peter that sounds like Jude's almost quoting later in his letter. Second uh, Peter chapter 3, verse 3 says... Know this first of all, that in the last days mockers will come with their mocking, following after their own lust. That's Peter's words. Well, then Jude 17 and 18 writes this But, beloved, you ought to remember the words that were spoken beforehand by the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, that they were saying to you, In the last time there will be mockers following after their own ungodly lust. It sure sounds like Jude is actually referring to specifically when he says the words of the apostles to the apostle Peter and that he's actually referring back to second Peter. So it, it seems maybe more likely that Jude borrowed from Peter, not the other way around. In any case, the letters have similarities, but they're not identical. And we have no way of knowing for sure what the exact relationship is between them. What we do know is why Jude wrote. And that's what he explains in verses 3 and 4, why he wrote. Um, Jude makes his purpose incredibly clear. His purpose is to stir up these Christians that he's writing to, to contend earnestly for the faith. That is, Jude is writing to them. And then by extension, we read this letter now as followers of Jesus. And Jude wants us to be faithful to the faith. To stay true to the faith. He wants us to help people who are being led astray by, in their case, this false idea that grace makes it safe to live however you want to live and do whatever you want to do and uh, do whatever feels good. That grace makes it safe to do that. No, that is false. And he wants us to uh, deny that, not only be faithful ourselves, but help other people who are being persuaded by that to see the truth of the faith. And so Jude's letter would be a success if the original readers and us can recognize that people indeed do twist the truth of the gospel. Yet people then and people today twist the truth of the gospel in a variety of ways, make it say things that it never intended to say. They twist grace into freedom to live however you want. And there's plenty of other ways that people who say they're Christians, right? They say they know the Bible and they twist the truth into a variety of ways. And Jude wants us to be careful and watch out for such people who live ungodly lives and attempt to make it acceptable. Jude wants us to be willing to stand up for the truth of the faith that was passed on from the apostles to that first generation of followers of Jesus and has been passed on Uh, faithfully from that time till now, Jude wants us to stand up for the truth of the faith and to live according to the faith. And what's the faith? Well, it's the faith that the apostles passed on, the truth now recorded in the New Testament scriptures. Jude says, contend for that. Stand firm in that. Be faithful to that. That's why Jude wrote. That's the purpose of this short little letter.